0: you <laughs> This of life episode sixty nine. I'm Jessica Duffin, and this podcast is all about living and thriving with endometriosis. This episode is sponsored by my friends at Bu. Bu are the people helping you to reduce your period pain with nature. They provide quality pure CBD balms, drops, and sprays, as well as their incredible period patches, which you guys know I love. Some of you have asked, what's the best way to get the most out of your patches? Just like most things with endometriosis, everyone is different. So you need to find a method that works for you. But many have written in to say that they find applying the patches a day or so before their period helps to soothe and calm the inflammation before their period even starts. I tend to wear them one to two days before my period so that I can get, um, well, I, I get a bit of backache, so that really helps to ease that. And as a result, I find that the pain is much, if I get pain, it's a lot more subtle when my period does start. They come in a pack of five, so should last for the majority of your period, and you can subscribe so you can get them every month. They're dollars for a pack or 4 if you go for a subscription. To shop, just head to the link in my show notes and start soothing period cramps a natural way. This episode is also sponsored by my free Endometriosis Diet grocery list. This free download gives you an overview of the endometriosis diet and eating for your hormones, tips on shopping for endo on a budget and deep dives into everything I eat on a weekly basis every month. I've also provided my favourite resources for learning more about nutrition for endo if you want to go that bit further. This download is a really perfect way to get an understanding of an anti-inflammatory diet for endometriosis and what that might look like. As always this guide doesn't replace your medical treatment and it's not intended to treat or cure endometriosis but it provides you with options that help me to live well with endometriosis and it's here to inspire you to shop maybe a little bit differently and try different foods out. It's not a diet protocol so it's not a diet that you should be following you know to a T perfectly. This is my personal diet and it's here to serve you and inspire you and give you some ideas and see what eating for endo is like in real life to download just head to the show notes and follow the link to get your copy so it is well as I'm recording this today we are 15 days away from Christmas I think um and I'm really getting into the Christmas spirit um I major on Christmas. Um, if you don't celebrate Christmas, um, this episode may still be relevant for you because, you know, it is the, it is like the holiday season when a lot of people do take time off, whether they, you know, celebrate Christmas or not. There's also New Year. So there can still be like, you know, just activities that are a bit, out of the norm that may affect your endometriosis in different ways. So, um, you know, if you are happy to listen to me talking about Christmas then um have a listen because it might have some relevance to you, but you know, if this is just a similar type of year for you um as the rest of the year then um this might not be that helpful. But there's still some tips like if you have other festivities in your life um that you celebrate at different points in the year, then perhaps you could apply these tips to your own festivities thinking about it. Yeah, so I I do celebrate Christmas and um, for me, Christmas has become a really like ritualistic part of my year. Um, Since I've been self-employed, I have really worked like hours that I don't want to admit (laughs) because, you know, i I'm always harping on about self care and rest. And I think it's so, so important. And I'm trying, trying, trying to implement more of it into my life. But I am a workaholic. And on top of that, um, when you're in the first couple of years of being self employed, you tend to kind of, you tend to have to, you know, work really hard. Um, So that has been my reality for the past couple of years, I've kind of taken as much time off around December as I can because I've worked so hard all year long and I often haven't really taken any breaks. So I've worked most, um, most weekends. So it's a time where I can really relax, unwind, recharge. But I don't know about you, have you ever taken like a break or a holiday and then you go back to work exhausted or you go into the new year after Christmas and new year exhausted. And I just don't want to do that this year. I've been getting better every single year with it. Um, and on top of that, you know, I used to have my worst period in January and that was because of all of the Christmas, you know, delights that I was <laughs> indulging in. Um, you guys know that sugar, caffeine, um, those are my worst triggers and um I was just you know I would just eat all the things but over the past couple of years I've been reducing my kind of not reducing you'll hear what I what I do later on in this episode but I'm being more mi- I've been more mindful of these kind of things and so in January I'm having much better periods. I think last year Last year, it was okay. It wasn't great. The year before, I'm pretty sure I had, yes, it was, it was, I had zero pain. Um, And it was just, it was like the first January that I haven't had a painful period in, I don't know. God knows, 10 years or something. So that was incredible. Um, and I really, I don't just want to focus on pain this year. I want to focus on just coming into the new year, being really, really rested, especially because in January, I'm going to be kicking off um, my new career, I guess you would call it as, um, an as a women's health coach, she specializes in endo. Um, and, Yeah, I'm just, I want to be the best, best person, coach I can be for um, the clients that I'll be working with. And so the best way that I can do that is to look after my own health and show up for my own health. So this episode is um, going to be all about how I manage an endo at Christmas really how I'm reducing the chance of me having a flare come January this Christmas and it is a it's from my perspective so um have a listen and take what works for you from from it because this is all about you know what I've kind of personally put in place for myself and my experience of endo um before we get started just want to remind you that um my book is currently out. This Endo Life, it starts with breakfast. It is not too late to buy it as a present if you want to buy it for someone um, online um, in like a digital version. If you want to buy it in print, it will take 10 days to get to you. So just bear that in mind if you're ordering the print. Um, the link to the book is going to be in the show notes. Um, and if you are curious about the coaching that I just mentioned. Um, it's a 12-week coaching program, one-to-one. I don't know if by the time that you listen to this, if I'm going to have any spaces left, because I'm only taking on 10 clients just to make sure that I can, you know, stay healthy. Um, but um, you can join the waiting list. If there are spaces, I will contact you. Um, so the waiting list link is in the show notes and If you want to check out about, you know, find out more about the coaching program, there's also a link to the page that explains all about it in there. Okay, so the first thing that I'm going to do this Christmas, not just this Christmas, the whole of December, to reduce the chances of flare and kind of go into January strong is rest. Rest is my number one priority, guys. So in January of this year, 2019, Chris and I went on a trip to Budapest for three days, I think it was. We came back at 2 a.m. from the airport to a fully flooded flat. And I'm not even not just a little bit of flooding, like shoes covered kind of flooding, like when we walked in, um inches of water, everything was floating thank God my laptop, my livelihood as a writer was on a tray floating. My charger was fully submerged. There was an actual waterfall pouring through our living room ceiling. And I tried to explain it to our landlord. She was like, just put some, just put um, some dustbins underneath until the morning. I was like, no, 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 you don't understand. Like, this house will be underwater. It had turned out that a pipe had fully burst in the road and was emptying out into our flat. Um, And the pipe supplied all of the water for the whole road. Um, And this is a seriously big road. Um, So it was bad. It was really bad. And so any kind of relaxation that we experienced whilst we were in Budapest kind of completely diminished and attention just shot right back up. Um, and it has been a really, really busy year with the book, my course, getting coaching done, just the podcast, you know, just running the sendo life and also um, working for the clients that I do freelance. Um, so I have since then worked most of the year. I, I didn't take any bank holidays um, and I, literally worked pretty much every single weekend, um, which is stupid. I know absolutely stupid, but I think that's kind of what happens when you write a book. Um, not that I will ever do that like that again, but I made a commitment. So, you know, I had to, I had to work through it and I looked after myself really well, but, um, it does mean that I am ready for a rest. So, this is really this time is really for me about recharging and i really love to slow down with the seasons and so for me winter is really about hibernating um so chris is taking me for us actually by the time you're going to be listening to this i'm actually going to be in scotland yay chris is taking me um that was a really weird yay chris is going to be taking me to edinburgh for my birthday um, for From Sunday to Tuesday as a surprise, not so surprise birthday present. Um, So that's kind of where the resting is going to kick off. I do have to keep working a little bit um, when I come back, but the plan is to really just take as much time off as I can. And during that time, I don't know if you guys used to do this, but when I was a teenager, when the school holidays would come, I was like, yeah, I'm staying up late, I'm getting up late. And even if I had like eight hours sleep, I was still tired and I just kind of felt fucked really like, you know, excuse, um, my language, but you know, I just did like it made me feel awful. And I have been working really hard on getting my sleep on point this year. I've got a lot more work to do. It's actually one of my goals for next year, um, having cortisol imbalance and, um, some kind of insulin problems, I think. Um, and yeah, just kind of not, not living in an environment where I feel safe and all of the things it's really affected my sleep this year. So I've been working on it actively and it's made a massive difference, but, um, I want to, you know, work on that even more going forward. So, one of the key ways to ensure that you feel rested and you sleep well and you improve your quality of sleep is to actually go to bed at the same time and wake up at the same time every day. Um, Matthew Walker, if you guys haven't heard of him, he is the world, like basically the world's leading sleep researcher, scientist. Um, And that is one of his key recommendations. So, um, you know, as pretty much as much as possible, 95% of the time, 90% of the time, I'm going to be going to bed at the same time and waking up at the same time, even though that is going to be early, both, you know, going to bed and waking up. But most of the time, I'm going to be able to manage it because I don't do that many social activities in the evening. So um, that's going to work for me. Um, I'm also going to buy some blue light blocking glasses. I've already got the blue light Um, you know, like on your phone, you can switch to night mode. So I already do that, but I haven't done it. It doesn't work on my laptop. So I need to get a blue, I need to get blue light blocking glasses because blue light doesn't just keep you up. So it suppresses your production of melatonin, which is the hormone that kind of induces you into a sleepy state. So it doesn't just suppress your melatonin. Um, so it will keep you awake longer, which is totally true for me. I feel more wired. It's also going to affect the quality of your sleep, and it's going to delay the kind of different phases that you go through during sleep. I'm pretty sure that's what how Matthew Walker describes it. I, obviously, I'm not a sleep expert, so um, have a listen to interviews that he's done on other podcasts. I really want to get him on the show, actually, but I will link to his book um, in the show notes, so you can read up on that. But You know, the the blue light actually affects the quality of our sleep. And as someone who has to work really hard to get on top of fatigue, um, I want to make it as easy easy for myself as I can. And I do expect to be watching some Christmas movies um, in the evenings at at points. So um, I'm not just going to be completely without technology all the time. So I want to get these blue light blocking glasses. Um, Moving on to the technology side of things. I'm going to be trying to aim for no tech after 8pm, So, but ideally 7pm. So my aim is to, I, I need to kind of decide. I've been really kind of ready to fall asleep by 9pm most nights as I'm working on this, um, you know, improving my sleep, but it doesn't really happen till 10 So ideally, I would like to be asleep by nine or 9.30. So really, I should be off tech by seven. Um, And I want to kind of make that the practice definitely with my laptop, um, because I associate that with work and it keeps me awake. Um, But the evening is really the only time I have to reply to my friends. Um, So I might be keeping my phone on till eight. And just using blue light blocking glasses. So, yeah, that's kind of my aim with technology. Of course, if I'm watching a movie, we might watch a movie till nine, you know, or or ten. I I don't really want to push it past that. I if I push it anything past ten, I really feel rubbish the next day, and that's really common for me because having interstitial cystitis and still trying to get on top of those bladder problems. you know, I am often awake until one in the morning. So, um, I know how it affects my body. And I know that 10 o'clock is really the time where I need to feel, I need to be asleep. Otherwise I'm going to feel it the next day. Um, and no, yeah. So kind of alongside that, one of my kind of guidelines is no work after seven. I have a terrible habit of working, late into the night, um, much better these days. I really am. But if I am pushed, I'll work later. So I've made this, I've made this rule for December, no work after seven. Um, and then not just nourishing myself with sleep, good sleep and rest, but also through like nourishing my soul. There are so many things that I've wanted to do this year that I haven't had time for. Thank thankfully, like one of the things I love doing is, you know, working on this end of life. So I have been able to commit so much time to that. And that's been incredible. It's just, it has been such a wonderful year in that, in that sense. But, um, there are fiction books I want to read. There are walks I want to go on. There's yoga classes I want to go to. There's nourishing activities like, um, sound baths and going to a sauna and just a, doing a bit of pampering. And these are things that I wouldn't usually allow myself to do, um, you know, budget wise. So I'm not going to go crazy with them. Like I'm hoping to put myself in for a sauna on my birthday. Um, and, um, we've got a free sauna here in Margate. So I'm trying to pop along to that a few times, um, I might go to a couple of classes, yoga classes, but I also do yoga at home because obviously it's so much cheaper to just do it in your living room. So lots of yoga and just stretching my body in a really nourishing, gentle way. Um, And yeah, kind of lots of evenings curled up with my books. There are so many books that I want to read and just doing what feels good for my soul, like listening to podcasts, baking, Um, I am going to finally be starting the Gluten-Free Academy um, course because I I bought it earlier in the year, but I haven't had time to do it and I love to bake. So I'm going to be learning how to bake bread and also learning how to bake cookies um, that are all gluten-free. So for me, those are really lovely things to feed my soul that I haven't really had time to do this year and will help me feel rested. The second thing, which is um, super important, to me is keeping up with my physiotherapy. So I had my last physiotherapy session um, last week. Um, I think it was like the 2nd of December and I'm not going to see my physio until the 18th of January because she's away. Um, so that means I really need to stay on it with my exercises. They're only a minute each. There's five of them. It's going to take me five minutes. So I'm just going to do them as soon as I wake up or after I work out it depends like if i know i'm going to do a workout where i'm going to be doing some kind of stuff that's going to tighten my pelvic floor then i'll save those exercises for after that if i don't know that i'm going to do a workout you know like that then i might just have to do the physio twice a day that's not a bad thing um so you know doing my physio will really help to keep my all of my muscles loose and calm them down. Um, And I'm actually going to write that in my kind of diary and calendar every day so that I know to do it, put a reminder on my phone. I think when you get out of the routine, you know, your normal routine of your work day, it's really easy to forget those things that you had started implementing. Um, So I just need to make some triggers to remind me to do it. And kind of alongside that, you guys know that I have been implementing exercise pretty much kind of all year. And it's been really, really helpful for energy, making me feel strong, making me feel positive and good. So I just want to keep up with 30 minutes of movement every day in whatever form, walk in, yoga, cardio, strength training, weightlifting, you know. Um, so I just want to make sure that I'm doing that. And I think the best way to do that for me is to get it in in the morning because it will help my circadian rhythm. It will help kind of get my cortisol, cortisol levels up in the morning when they should be up and then kind of reducing nicely down over the day in a gradual way Um so that I can sleep well at night. So, um yeah, I will be creating some kind of triggers around that. So maybe when I know that I make my morning lion's milk that I drink. Then after that I do my journal. Then after that I do my meditation. Then after that I roll out the mat and do some yoga and then do some weightlifting. You know, so I just know the order that I'm doing things in. And it exercise is no longer a punishment for me. I don't feel always like doing it for sure. But I always feel good after I've done it. I'm always so, so glad after I've done it. I always feel like I'm showing up for myself, that I'm doing something nurturing, much more than just being like, oh, I can't be bothered. Like, that's not going to help my body at the moment. So, um, yeah, so that is definitely nourishing. And it's also going to be keeping me mobile and flexible and keeping me feeling strong and keeping my mind feeling um, active and positive. Another really simple thing that I'm going to be doing that I do all the time anyway, but I just want to make sure that I don't kind of um, get a bit slack with it where my routine is out of sync, being off, is dry brushing. Super simple to do and what this does is it gets your, um, gets all of the toxins to begin moving around your body and draining out of your body. So if they're building up anywhere, Um, you're essentially moving them out. So dry brushing is, you would see them in, you know, boots or um, standard kind of pharmacy or or supermarket. It's a body brush and you just need to brush your skin very gently from your feet upwards in a circular motion going up towards your heart all over your body um, and then that will start getting those toxins moving and then they can be eliminated and the reason why I want to do that is because it's likely likely I'm going to be kind of eating some foods that are going to be worse for my body um and also toxins just build up from our environment you know traffic pollution I live on a main road so um and those toxins can cause things like estrogen dominance and excess estrogen which can worsen symptoms of endometriosis and they can also burden the liver um, and just kind of make our well-being you know it can just have a negative effect on our well-being so um, I always dry brush every day before I get in the shower so just and it takes me like two minutes so i just want to make sure i'm doing that every day and so i'm eliminating toxins and keeping my estrogen levels at a good level um also if you are high with on estrogen low in progesterone you're probably going to have things like pms so that's definitely something that i want to avoid moving into jan this episode is sponsored by my friends at bu Bu are the people helping you to reduce your period pain with nature. They provide quality, pure CBD balms, drops and sprays, as well as their incredible period patches, which you guys know I love. Some of you have asked what's the best way to get the most out of your patches. Just like most things with endometriosis, everyone is different. So you need to find a method that works for you. But many have written in to say that they find applying the patches a day or so before their period helps to soothe and calm the inflammation before their period even starts, creating like a greater effect when it does arrive. I tend to wear them one to two days before my period so that I can get, um, well I, I get a bit of backache so that really helps to ease that and as a result I find that the pain is much, if I get pain, it's a lot more subtle when my period does start. They come in a pack of five, so should last for the majority of your period. And you can subscribe so you can get them every month. They're dollars for a pack or 4 dollars if you go for a subscription. To shop, just head to the link in my show notes and start soothing period cramps in a natural way. This episode is also sponsored by my free endometriosis diet grocery, grocery list. This download gives you... Basically, a lowdown of what I eat every week on um, a monthly basis and my personal take on the endometriosis diet. It's not a protocol, set protocol that you have to or should follow, but it is here to serve you, give you inspiration, and help you see what eating for endometriosis might look like in real life. It's there for you to kind of take inspiration from and help you put your own approach together. To download it, just head to my show notes and follow the link to get your free copy. The fourth thing that I'm going to do, am I on the fourth? I might be on the fifth. We're going to forget the numbers. The next thing I'm going to do is add in because it's so easy to just focus on what you need to eliminate. But I know that it's just as important to add in the right foods. So for me, I'm going to be making sure that I'm eating minimum, minimum five portions of fruit and vegetables a day, ideally eight, Um, because I think it's eight or nine is really the kind of number we should be aiming for. But the NHS opted for five because they felt that that would be the number the public could more reasonably stick to. So um, I'm going to really focus on eating lots of cruciferous vegetables like sprouts, kale, cauliflower, because they can actually help eliminate estrogen up, estrogen that's building up in our body. So as I said, um, you know, endometriosis can, not all forms of endometriosis they're finding, but um, a lot of the time, endometriosis can thrive off estrogen. So, um, and a lot of people with endometriosis are estrogen dominant. So, um, I just want to make sure that any excess or old estrogen is being eliminated. And even if you don't have endometriosis, having the right balance of hormones is is so important for a healthy, comfortable cycle and period. So, lots of cruciferous vegetables, but also eating a rainbow of Um, fruits and veg so that I'm getting um, varied amounts of antioxidants, because antioxidants actually help to reduce inflammation. Um, So, you know, especially when it comes to Christmas, um, carrots, parsnips, red cabbage, Brussels sprouts, like, just eating as many rainbow colored fruits and veg that you can get your hands on. Be mindful of any high sugar fruits, especially if you're really sensitive to sugar. Um, I'm going to be keeping with low sugar fruits and um, just lots of veggies. It doesn't mean that you have to not eat the things you love. It's just about adding in more fruits and vegetables. Um, The other thing that I'm going to be ensuring that I do or keep up with is eating good fats. So making sure that I get um, omega-6 omega six fatty acids have kind of got a bad rep. Um, they are important for our health. We need them, but what we need is also a balanced ratio between omega-3 fatty acids and omega-6. Um, it's when omega-6 are kind of like too high in relation to omega-3 that we create inflama- inflammatory problems. So I want to ensure that I'm getting a good balance of omega-3 and omega-6 fatty acids. So I'm going to be eating lots of nuts, avocado, olive oil, and also making sure that I'm eating, um, eating, taking my omega-3 um, supplement, which is um, a vegan supplement that contains DHA and EHA or EPA, um, because that is much harder to get from plant-based sources of, um, yeah, plant-based foods. Um, so just adding that in to make sure my ratios are okay. I will get onto that in I'll get onto fats in a moment, but um, eating, you know, these good fats can help to keep our blood sugar levels balanced and also to help feed our hormones, make sure they're healthy. So that's a real important one for me. Um, I'll also be making sure that I'm adding in anti-inflammatory foods um and spices and herbs so i'm going to be adding in turmeric powder it's already in my protein powder i'm just going to be adding in more going to add some into my protein shakes i'm going to have turmeric lattes i'm going to make sure i put it in my food i'm going to be having ginger root powder so um making turmeric ginger lattes making my pumpkin spice latte that you guys have got the recipe for um if you don't know what I'm talking about, um, head to my blog and on the recipe section, I've got a healthy pumpkin spice latte, sugar free, it's dairy free, it's caffeine free. Um, so yeah, cause kind of having lots of nice warming drinks that are really wintry, really cozy, um, that also are anti-inflammatory. So turmeric, ginger, root powder, um, cinnamon, I will also be making sure that I'm having cacao, raw cacao powder in reasonable amounts because sometimes it irritates my bladder. Um, but it's really high in antioxidants. And as I said, they reduce inflammation. Um, I will also be making sure that I'm having dandelion tea, nettle tea and nettle tea every single day. I, I just put them in a um, teacup together. Those are really good for supporting the liver, flushing out um toxins, just kind of supporting our detoxification process. So again, it will help with getting out any of those toxins, any of that excess estrogen buildup. And also, I'm thinking about adding in raspberry leaf tea. I used to drink it. I didn't find it that helpful. But many people find it helpful for reducing cramps um, around their menstrual cycle. And some people swear by drinking it every single day. So I'm going to try it because... um, I probably am going to be eating a few more trigger foods this um, Christmas, so I might as well add in as much as I can to support my body. And speaking of adding in, I'm also going to be continuing... So. I kind of do all of this stuff anyway, pretty much. I'm just going to be being really mindful that I actually keep it up because I think Christmas is a time when everything can kind of fall off the radar. And I'm so glad I'm recording this episode because I things are already falling off the radar. So I just, I'm doing this as much for myself as I am you know, for you guys as a reminder to myself to be um, mindful to make sure I put these things in place. I can still have a lovely time this Christmas, but I just want to look after my body. So I'm going to be continuing to take my supplements as normal. That's magnesium. Um, But I'm probably going to be adding in extra magnesium. Um, Magnesium has been shown in studies to be really effective um, for reducing period pain and cramping. So I have a magnesium spray and some people feel that magnesium is better absorbed through the skin than it is through um, the stomach. So I take a supplement every day. I'll keep that up. But I'm also just going to spray my abdomen um, as much as I can remember to throughout the month. I'm just going to leave that magnesium spray in the bathroom on the bath. So when I jump out, I spray it on my body whilst it's wet because that it's, it's better absorbed when your body is wet. So I'm going to do that. So I'm just kind of doubling my magnesium count um, levels. Um, I'm going to be making sure I take my omega-3s as I, as I mentioned. And one of the reasons why that's so important or two of the reasons why is because omega-3s have been um, shown to reduce inflammation and also shown to reduce menstrual pain. I'm also going to be keeping up with my B vitamin complex. Um, So B vitamins really help to create healthy hormones and also to um, create healthy energy levels. And I'm also going to be taking my endo complex, which is by Wild Nutrition. I think you can only get it in the UK. I could be wrong. I will put a link in the show notes so you can have a look. And that complex is designed specifically for endometriosis by... A nutritionist with endometriosis, and it helps to reduce inflammation, boost the immune system, supports the detoxification processes, and supports healthy hormones. So I always take that, and I'm going to continue taking that. But I have run out, so I just need to order some more. And I'm thinking about maybe if I can, if it, if budget allows, I'm thinking about adding in another. Um, I've been doing a lot of research on supplements in the past year in my studies. Um, And when writing the book, and I'm really interested in N-acetylcysteine, the um, results and studies have been really fascinating um, around endometriosis, you know, participants actually cancelling the laparoscopies, um, reporting a significant reduction in pain. And even though I'm in a really good place with my pain levels, I'm always curious to see whether I can just feel even better on my period and minimize any effects of what, you know, what Christmas might bring. So I might add that in. Um, And then the final thing that I'm going to do is, um, no, actually not the final thing, sorry, the second to last thing I'm going to be doing um, is balancing my blood sugar. So having balanced blood sugar is so important for having healthy hormones, not just having healthy hormones, but having balanced hormones. So if you want to, you know, make sure that your progesterone levels and your estrogen levels are in the correct ratio in the correct like ratios to each other, then balancing your blood sugar levels is so important. Um, and it's just gonna help you prevent any of those hormonal symptoms that come along with your period and also keeps and Having b- balanced blood sugar levels keeps your energy levels stable throughout the day. And I just want to, I feel so much better and more energized when I'm balancing my, en- my blood sugar levels. So I'm just going to be focusing on making sure that whatever I eat, as much as possible, contains fiber, complex carbohydrates, protein, and good fats. And so when I'm, e- if I'm going to have any caffeine, I'm going to make sure that I've eaten before that caffeine because caffeine actually really affects our blood sugar levels. So that's kind of one of the reasons why you feel shaky after you have caffeine. So always making sure that I have some food before I drink caffeine. I don't really drink any alcohol, but if it comes up um, at some point over Christmas or New Year, I just want to be mindful of my alcohol intake. I'll talk about that a bit more in a bit um, alcohol does affect our blood sugar levels. It causes them to rise. So I just want to be mindful of that. Um, ideally eating some fat or protein if I'm drinking, um, being mindful of my portion sizes. So, um, you know, feeling satisfied, but not overfull, not hungry, um, not allowing myself to go really hungry that, to the point that I'm getting shaky. Um, And, you know, even if I am having a big portion of food because it's Christmas dinner or something, just making sure that I'm adding fat and protein to those carbohydrates, because if you think about roast dinner, it's pretty carbohydrate heavy. Um, And the fat and the protein will slow down the digestion of carbohydrates, which gets um, converted into glucose, which is what makes your blood sugar go up. And then that blood sugar Causes um, a response in your body that basically creates this downstream effect on all of your hormones. I'm not going to go into the science behind that now because it's quite, it's just long, and I don't want to kind of overwhelm you guys with information. So if you're interested in blood sugar, go back and have a listen to my episode with Megan Hallett, Nicole Jardim, Shannon Lapasky. We all talk about blood sugar. Um, So if you're interested, definitely go to those. I'll link to those in the show notes. Um, and you know, if I haven't been able to balance that, um, that meal and I've had a lot of carbohydrates, then going for a walk, doing some kind of activity, playing with my nephew, going for a walk with my family along the beach, something just to get, get my body moving and using up some of that excess glucose so that it doesn't have such a detrimental effect on my um, blood sugar levels. And I guess to some people that might sound a bit extreme, but really it's it's pretty like, it's really simple. Like if you look at it in the most simplest terms, you're eating dinner and then you, you're just saying like, oh, should we, all, should we go for like a winter walk? It's quite a nice thing to do. So instead of just sitting straight down, it's just Getting the body moving a little bit, or just offering to go and do the washing up. So you're washing up for half an hour instead of sitting down. Um, And you don't have to do this at all. It's just things that I know help me to feel better. And I'm really in this place where I just want to step into 2020 feeling the best that I can. Um, And for me, this is part of that. The last thing that I want to do. Is or that I will be doing is swapping inflammatory foods for anti inflammatory foods. So, as I said, I don't really drink, but and even if I do drink, I'm really only going to have one glass of wine. But if I am going to have alcohol, um, I'm going to have dry red wine. The reason why I've chosen that is because red wine is has some inf- anti inflammatory components, I wouldn't call it anti-inflammatory entirely because it's got alcohol in it um but resveratrol resveratrol, which is in red wine has been shown to be anti-inflammatory so I will be drinking it for that but also dry wine has the lowest amount of sugar of any wine and actually it's it's quite dramatically low so um I'm not having too much sugar I'm having some anti-inflammatory properties it's not going to be as harsh as my stomach has like a spirit like vodka um personally for me that's that's how i feel um and i used to just have like a glass of prosecco if i was ever going to drink alcohol but um carbonated drinks actually are quite damaging when you have interstitial cystitis and i really felt that i used to just think it was i don't really know what i thought it was but i was always in significant pain after i had a glass of prosecco so that I'm not going to do that anymore, I'm going to focus on dry red wine if if I feel like I want to have a drink. Um, gluten, so gluten is the one that I feel I can get away with the most. I feel like when I have gluten, the impact of gluten, it's definitely instant on my gut, but it's not terrible and um, it takes longer for It takes more and it takes longer for me to feel the impact of gluten on my period. So I could get away with having some gluten in my diet during Christmas. Um, But I'm not going to, that doesn't mean I'm going to add loads of gluten in. What I'm going to do is I'm just going to replace all of the kind of gluten-based dishes with gluten-free options, Um, but allow myself to have some gluten when I fancy it. And for me, that looks like I make my own... Um, plant-based gluten-free stuffing. It's delicious. Um, the recipe is in my freebie, my cook, my Christmas cookbook freebie. So I make that for myself and whoever wants some of it can have that. Um, I don't eat bread sauce, but there's you can now get gluten-free bread sauce if that's something that you like, or you can make one um, following a recipe. Um, I make my own plant-based gravy because everyone else has gravy with meat juices and stuff in it so I just use a gluten-free flour um I will be making a lot of the desserts for Christmas day so um I'll be making most like all of them that I make will be gluten-free and my mum will most likely buy 10 other puddings because that's what she does and so everyone can just choose what they want but last year everyone had some of mine um and yeah, so like in my freebie cookbook, Christmas cookbook, there's crumble recipe, there's a cheesecake recipe. Um, they're both gluten-free. So I'll be making those, um, for Christmas day and boxing day and stuff. Um, I've actually got the cheesecake in the fridge right now because I photographed it the other day and it's so good. um, And I'm also going to be making some gluten-free mince pies, you know, just replacing anything that you can replace. If it's your breakfast or you can have toast, that's gluten-free, cereal, that's gluten-free. I'm just gonna replace it. But when the times that I want to eat gluten is when I'm out and there's something that's like an experience and I really want to try it. So we're going to Edinburgh on Sunday and I've seen a couple of bakeries um on Instagram that I want to check out and I love sourdough bread I love bread so I'm totally going to try some of the bread um and I don't know what else might I try if there's a really good pizza place whilst we're away and they don't do a gluten-free base but they do have like vegan cheese then I'm like cool I can avoid dairy but I'm not, I can't avoid gluten, so I have some gluten. And I will break that up so I'm not gonna have like tons of gluten in one day. That's probably gonna make me a bit sick, but um, I can definitely get away with some. The biggest thing that I'm gonna be doing is eliminating sugar entirely. I know, crazy, it's Christmas, but that's kind of why I've done it. So I am I've been taking part in the last 90 days challenge run by Rachel and Dave Hollis. Um, if you don't know who they are, just go to in, go to Instagram. Let me just get up her Instagram account. Mrs. Rachel Hollis. Yeah, Mrs. Rachel Hollis. And um, she's like a kind of motivational speaker leader. And they've got this challenge, which is really around health and moving into 2020 having sort of started your health goals before the end of the year and one of the parts of the challenge is to give up a food that's not serving you every month for that nine you know for the 90 days and this month I'm choosing for it to be sugar um the reason why is because sugar really has such a massive impact on my pain levels um But, yeah, it's kind of my, you know, it's my vice. That's the thing that if I have a little bit, I'm going to have a lot. Um, And it is historically the thing that I would go crazy with over Christmas. So I'm giving it up. um, And I'm pretty good at, like, setting a challenge and committing to that challenge. So not with everything, but something like this I'm, I'm pretty good at. Um, so yeah, I'm going to eliminate that entirely. And that means that I'm going to be replacing sugar with sugar-free natural alternatives like stevia, monk fruit and xylitol. And I've been experimenting them with them pretty much all year. And now it is so kind of normal for me to use those in my baking or desserts. Um, I've actually got a custard recipe in the cookbook that I'm the freebie Christmas cookbook. Um, obviously the crumble and the cheesecake, I mentioned those. Um, they're all amazing. They're sugar-free. Chris loves them. Um, I'm going to be making some mince pies. Um, you guys know that I love hundred percent dark chocolate. So any chocolate that I have is just going to be hundred percent dark chocolate. I've literally already got a list <laughs> of the chocolate that I'm going to try. So, um, and that has really become my standard chocolate now. Um, I don't really, it, it, that's my chocolate. That's what I crave. So I'm not going to be missing the sugar from that. um, when I make things like hot chocolates, I don't even really add sugar anymore. I'm pretty good at having a bit of hot chocolate and enjoying that. But, um, I am also happy to add some stevia if I, if I want it. Um, I, the one thing that I might do is because I didn't know we were going to Edinburgh. There are some places that I want to hit that, I'm a real experienced person. Like I I like to like, how can I explain it? So if there was a cake in a bakery and I'm like, oh, but I can't eat that because I'm doing the sugar-free thing. And then like Chris was like, it's a cake. You can have a cake anytime. I'm like, no, but you don't understand. I can't have this cake in this cafe, in this, you know, on this day when we're here in Edinburgh for my birthday. Like, so, um. I actually might, for those three days, allow myself to have like one kind of sugary thing a day and then just carry on as normal when I come back. Um, I'm not sure. I'll see. If, if something comes up that I really want, then I'll make that decision then. Um, so I think that's going to have a really big difference. I think it's always the sugar that pushes me over the edge and causes me to have a bad period if I have one. Dairy, I'm not really worried about. Um, it's so easy to replace um it's so easy to find I mean it's so easy for me in terms of my location there's a lot of places I can get vegan food in Margate um and the surrounding areas um if you're in London if you're in a major city it is so much easier and if you're not then ordering online is so easy now as well there are vegan ice creams vegan butter vegan milks um so that I don't even really need to think about that. That's just how I eat. Um if you want to kind of know what suggestions, you know, what brands to try, then I'm going to link to my episode on dairy and endometriosis in the show notes. And in that there's a link. Scrap that. I'm going to link I'm going to link to that episode, but I'm also going to link to my free download which um is basically a shopping list of dairy-free alternatives, including cheeses that you can order for Christmas, which are epic. I ordered quite a few last year. Um, so yeah, you can do that. That's um, That can be helpful if you find dairy to be a, a trigger, which it commonly is for a lot of people um, in terms of inflammation and gut health issues. The other thing I'm going to be doing is... So caffeine is kind of like sugar for me. It has a really bad effect on me. It's also the thing that I find hardest to give up. Um, Every month, every month is a battle. Um, As soon as I have a bit of caffeine, I want more. And I allow myself to have a little at the weekends when I'm not like kind of due on between, you know, pre-ovulation, ovulation. ovulation. Um, But. It is a battle for me to then, after the weekend, get back to not drinking caffeine, even if I've just had like one cup of tea. Um, So I'm going to stick to drinking decaf um, throughout the, throughout December. Um, I need to decide, so the way that I do it now is that I don't have any decaffeinated or caffeinated drinks during the week. Maybe that sounds too strict for you, but I, I need those boundaries because if I don't have those boundaries, I'm like, oh, I'm a bit tired today. Maybe I can just have a decaf. And then the next day I have a decaf and the next day I have a decaf. And then I've had a decaf all week and it's added up like that, that bit of caffeine that's in the decaffeinated tea has added up um, and will have an effect on me. So I want to be able to allow myself to have a bit more you know, have some more decaffeinated teas and coffees than I usually do during the month. But I need to kind of work out, I need to give myself some boundaries. Otherwise, it all just blurs and I'm just become a caffeine monster, basically. Um, And that's not going to help my sleep either. So and also, I actually feel rubbish when I drink caffeine. To be honest, my energy slumps so dramatically. Um, I did no caffeine including no decaf um for the ni- last 90 days in September I think and I felt so good anyway um so I'm going to allow myself a bit more in terms of decaffeinated and I'm just going to allow myself caffeinated tea and coffee in my pre-ovulation and ovulation phases at the weekend as usual and just a and just maybe an extra cup of tea or two on Christmas Day and Boxing Day because that's I will get super jealous when my family sits down with a cup of tea and I'm not having it. It will kill me. So I'm going to allow myself to do that. Um, Christmas Day is going to be, I wonder what phase, where I'm going to be in my phase, um, in my phase, in my cycle. I think I'm going to be 10 days from being due on. Holy Jesus, I'm going to be six days from being due on. Oh, my God, I'm due on, on Christmas Eve, um, New Year's Eve. Hilarious. Doesn't surprise me, to be honest. My period always comes at most inconvenient times. Um, so so I'm probably only going to really allow myself to have a cup of tea on Christmas Day. Maybe one boxing day I'll move on to decaf. Um, And then after that, I will be on lockdown, no more caffeinated tea after that Um, or decaffeinated. I will really have to be careful in that in those kind of five final five days is what I was just trying to say. That's that's kind of what I'm going to do with caffeine. I don't eat meat, so that's not really something I can talk about what I'm going to be doing. But if you do eat meat and you're worried about the inflammation that red meat can cause, um, I would just personally just try to vary it up with like, you know, leaner meats, um, poultry, and even replacing some of that red meat when you can, like maybe you're going to have some roast beef or roast lamb, but perhaps you could have, if you're going to have like sausages, like making a sausage stuffing, or maybe you're going to have pigs and blankets, Maybe you can use vegan sausages. Sainsbury's and Waitrose in the UK do the best vegan sausages I've ever had in my life. Um, So they're epic. I'll put the links to those in my show notes. Not sponsored. Wish they were. I would love to get free vegan sausages. If anyone works at Sainsbury's, please hit me up. Um, So, you know, just kind of swapping out. If you really, really love beef, keep the beef unless it's going to put you in excruciating pain. I don't want to advise you to eat something. It's going to put you in excruciating pain. But if you really love something and you can get away with eating it, get away with eating it and then just replace the things that you're more, you're happier to replace. If you want to keep the beef, but you're happy to replace the sausages with vegan sausages, that could be a good balance. Um, or just, you know, eat more white meat or um, make sure that you're just adding loads of vegetables as well so that you're kind of counteracting some of the inflammation that red meat um, can cause um, and that you are, yeah, you're adding in lots of anti-inflammatory foods. It's just about having, adding in a bit more balance. I don't think, you know, realistically that I can be um, eating really regimented all Christmas, you know that just, that's just, it's Christmas. So do what feels right for you. Make some changes where you can and where you're happy to make changes. Don't make yourself miserable. Um, But that's what I'm doing. And um, yeah, I hope that this has given you some inspiration, um, something to think about for you. And um, I hope that whatever you do this Christmas um, or this, you know, this winter, It's just nourishing, good for your soul, good for your body, whatever that looks like for you. Um, And that January um, brings you a, you know, a period that is not as painful as you might expect and hopefully not painful at all. But um, I know that some of us are in different places with our endo. So, um, yeah, I am going to be recording podcasts for the rest of the year. Um, so the rest of the year expect two about the new year and then in January we're going to have one with, um, an interview with a guest who's talking all about DIY at home remedies. So, um, I hope those are helpful in helping you to have a good period and a good start to the year and, um, yeah, that's it. If you want to find out more about what I do or read more on endometriosis and living well with it, um, you can head to my Instagram page, which is this underscore endolife. Um, You can head to my website, which is www.thisendolife.com. And you can also get um, a free guide to managing endometriosis naturally on my website. Um, I've put the link in my show notes. It's a beginner's guide to getting started and all of the areas that I um, have worked on to help reduce my endometriosis symptoms and pain and live well with endometriosis. As always, if you like this show, please rate, review and or subscribe really truly does help others to hear the podcast and hopefully will help them to live better with endometriosis this episode was produced by the pod farm whether you're an established podcaster or just getting started visit thepodfarm.com to see how they can help you go from an idea to a finished show that's ready to be heard by the world